Okay, guys, I don't know who's listening, but I am going to do the intro for the podcast tonight. It's not scripted, and Greg is more articulate than I am, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just go. Um, so this is uh, the 52, where we review uh, Netflix originals. Um, only 52 of them. Apparently there are more. Initially when the podcast was pitched, though, to me, there was only going to be like... 52 movies like that's not true my but anyway, apologies it's okay so anyway we chose uh for this episode i care a lot um with roseman pike and uh essentially can i talk about the plot a little bit now you absolutely can you can just okay head so, right in cool so uh, i'm doing a little tiny synopsis from wiki the film follows a court-appointed guardian who seizes the assets of elderly people for her own, only for her to get mixed up with a dangerous gangster. That's actually pretty on point. Without giving enough away. Yeah, exactly. Um, or too much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we basically see Rosamund Pike uh, kind of do her thing, because she's like a bad bitch. And she, she basically just gets old people put in homes and these are people that are not necessarily senile. I mean, if they're not senile by the time she gets to them, she will make them senile because she will get them put into homes where they get drugged up. And she kind of has like a, a line of people. Yeah. So like basic description of her job is for whatever reason. And I don't think I've ever actually heard of this before the movie. I think it's real though. And I thought it would be a medical professional, but apparently if somebody and i don't even think they have to be old if somebody just can't take care of themselves whether they have a next of kin or not you can their doctor can convene an emergency hearing for a court appointed guardian to take care of that person so what's what's her character's name oh i don't even know her name i was just thinking for Rosamund pike uh, what is her name? Marla. Marla yeah. has turned this into a business. So she conducts sort of trade-offs with, with doctors throughout whatever city they're in, because I don't even think they mentioned that. She's in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Okay. So in Massachusetts, wherever that, wherever specifically they may be, she has deals with several doctors, one that they show particularly in the movie, and they look for patients that are starting to display signs of sort of like memory failure, dementia, that kind of thing, or maybe physically not being able to take care of themselves. They convene emergency hearings where the person who is the subject of that hearing doesn't even have to show up or be represented or even be notified of the hearing. She has found this family court judge who's very open to her taking care of these people because she's created this very heavenly, I only care to do this because I care about those people kind of vibe. So he thinks that she's genuinely concerned with these people's well-being. Yeah, it's actually nice because he's not in cahoots with everyone else. No, everybody else is on the books. But he actually cares about these people and thinks that she cares about them, which is yes. almost more fucked up. 
Um, so he appoints her as the guardian, and because she has guardianship over these people, she has control over all of their assets, liquid or not, and control over their well-being. So she takes these older people, she throws them into a home, whether she treats them nicely or not depends on how much money they actually have for her to burn through. She immediately sells all of the stuff inside of their house. They renovate the houses and then they sell the houses, the vehicles, and basically everything else that person owns, throw it into a bank account, and then bill themselves on hours that they supposedly spend taking care of these people. To the point where she literally has a wall full of the pictures of people that she has guardianship over. And these little stickers that they never actually describe what they mean that she places on the bottom of the photos. And I think it has to do with how many medical incidents that person has had inside of the home. Well, I wasn't thinking that. I was even thinking, like, maybe what their socioeconomic background is and things like that, possibly. Like, who's more valuable? Well, I don't know, because one... How many years they One guy was like, oh, that person had a stroke, and she put, like, a red dot on their picture. Well, I don't know. But, you know, uh, what's interesting, though, is we, we get a little snippet of her world, and then, you know... Uh, the status quo is broken when a man dies and then his room opens up or what have you. Um, and then one of the, one of the, the doctors that she uh, talks to uh, lets her know that there's this woman who makes a lot of money, whatever is slowing, showing a couple of signs of dementia, but nothing like really crazy, but she's like, okay, we can spin it. And she has no children. I think they called her a cherry. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so basically she goes in and we see her from the ground up, like do her thing. Uh, but this woman's actually decently coherent. Um, (laughs) if you want to talk a little more like about that, but like she just shows up to her house. What's the old lady's name? Uh, I don't even know what the old woman's name is. Uh, yeah, she's a wealthy retiree. Jennifer. Yeah. Jennifer Peterson. Okay. So Jennifer Peterson, I wouldn't have even, if I were Marla, would not have taken her. Because the story that we know about Jennifer Peterson is that she worked in banking her her entire, like, uh, for quite some time. To the point where she has quite sizable bank accounts, several of them. She drives a nice car. She's supposedly showing memory issues, but she, like, really takes care of herself. Her house looks nice. Everything's well appointed. She does like water Pilates on on weekdays. She takes herself out to eat. Like she is very much a put together older lady. And this doctor calls Marla, says, hey, I give you a cherry. You give me a portion of the stock that you own in. uh, It was like a care company that that deals with um, with nursing homes. So Marla's double dipping because first of all, she's putting these people in the nursing homes and taking their money as, as billable hours. But then also she's buying stock in the nursing homes that she's putting these people into. She's making bread. Yeah. And she has people underneath her that are scheduling all of these things. She has real estate agents. She has appraisal agents, all kinds of people running this operation. So they take Jennifer Peterson's case to court 
the doctor signs an affidavit and also testifies in court saying that she's having issues. She plays it off to the judge. The judge is like, you know, can you even handle this? There's so you're taking care such good care of so many people. And she's, she gets all choked up and she's like, well, you know, if I, if she needs me, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll, I care. I'll, I'll you know, so yeah. the judge is like, boom, do it, signs it, slams the gavel. She shows up at Jennifer Peterson's house and is like, hey, what's up? I'm your guardian. Sorry, you're getting out of the house. You're going to this nursing home. Pack your bag, bitch. <laughs> yeah, basically. And Jennifer's like, I'm not fucking going anywhere. And they're like, well, and actually, you are because there was armed people. She had the sheriff's office outside of the house waiting She's like, don't worry. Like, if there's a mistake here, we'll get it all cleared up. Although there's one thing you skipped over. The beginning of this movie starts off with a disgruntled son of one of the people that she's taking guardianship over. yes. He was like, yes. So we see her in court supposedly acting nice. Like, that's where the cover comes from with the judge. That's when we first start seeing the way she manipulates him. But we believe her. Of course we believe her Because because this guy does sound crazy. We All we saw... Was a scene of that guy trying to break into the nursing home, trying to fight the security guard to get in there. Then it transitions to her in court. And she's like, the guy's trying to say that that she's taken over his mother's life, that his mother is fine, but she's not allowed to see him and this and that. And Marla's like, of course you're not allowed to see your mother. The last time you went to try and visit her, you destroyed the lobby and assaulted the security guard. Well, actually, I kind of read the situation a little bit differently. I was under the impression that he really was a shitty son. He might have been a shitty son. And he's like, you're not letting me see my mom. I think he wanted whatever the mom had. We don't know. But either way, we don't know. she's also a shitty person. Like, but we didn't know then. Technically, even if he is a shitty son, he's legally deserving of inheriting whatever his mother has. Yeah, but they play him off as like a misogynist because I think he said some like really nasty Some crazy shit, shit about her. And then she was like... He, he came up to her after court and she was like, I've been threatened by thousands of men and only two men have ever done anything that fucking bothers me. If you come and spit in my face again, I'm going to rip your dick and balls off, basically. Yeah. It was gangster and it was feminist and I was about it. And she's gay. Yeah, that's right. She is gay. They don't Which make it about cool. her being gay. And I, they don't make it about her being gay. Perfect. Her because it doesn't need to be about her being gay. It just needs to be part of her life. Yeah. And honestly, there need to be more lesbian power couples in modern media. Because bitches getting together is they're bad. Like yeah. they were bad. They were they were a sick couple. Like, yeah, they, they they were both part of the business, which sometimes causes issues when you run a business with your significant other. But they were fucking getting it done. They were doing like really Marla good. was the face in court, and I forget her girlfriend's name, but she was like. The, the muscle of the operation. She was dealing with investigating the people to make sure that Fran. they didn't have any attachments. Her name was Fran. Or Frankie, but she didn't like being called that. Yeah. Whatever that meant. Um, kind of sounds like she had a fling with that police officer. Yeah. That's why she doesn't go by Frankie anymore. Um, so they take down Jennifer Peterson. They get her into the into the nursing home. Marla finds out her phone's password, takes the phone away from her because in the nursing home, they're not allowed to have their their cell phones, which is how she keeps, uh, you know, 
the wards from contacting yeah, anybody on the outside. Marla does something else that's pretty crazy. She basically tells the doctor how to dose them. Yeah. As in, like, she will get them fucked up, like, on meds. So if they didn't have dementia or whatever, they, like, definitely show signs of it now. Like, Well, because they, they're fucked up. They're fucked they're up. On, like, they're crazy drugs. They're on, they're typically just on sedatives because yeah. she doesn't want them to be too coherent and actually be able to think about where they are or what their situation was. The whole thing that Marla uses to her advantage is that they are older. And even if you're older and you do have a general well sense of being... Somebody shows up to your house, says they're your guardian, has sheriffs there, kicks you out, throws you into a nursing home. You're confused as fuck. You're already... <laughs> you're confused as fuck. You can't take care of yourself because you're probably frail. You're not strong enough to actually resist any of that. You weren't even told that the court event happened. And now you're in a nursing home surrounded by a bunch of geriatric old fucks who don't know what the fuck is going on either. And Marla's telling you that they have your medication like they have all your prescriptions so you just take the pills that they give you because you think that those are your prescriptions but really she's adding extra shit but also you don't this is this is a little tidbit but when you're in a in a home or any type of place where you're under their supervision you take whatever meds they give you you don't really have a choice you don't have a choice at all you definitely don't have a choice at all (laughs) what the hell happens next as they're clearing out jennifer peterson's home marla finds a key underneath a desk drawer that she somehow immediately knows is the a, key safety to a safety deposit, deposit box, box yeah. in a specific bank that looked bougie as all fuck mm-hmm. and they clear out jennifer's house they have painters there repainting the place they have carpenters like fixing things up all the whole deal And Fran is at the house overseeing this. She's looking through, like, different paint swatches to see what they're going to paint the kitchen. And some weird dude pulls up in a taxi and is like, I'm here for Jennifer Peterson. Fran is like, she moved. Like, she's not here. Dude panics, walks away. She's asking why he was even there, like, who called the cab. Gets in the cab, flies away. And then we also see that when Marla goes to the safety deposit box, she, like, sees, like, whatever papers. Then she, there's just, like, a little thing of jewels. You mean whatever papers? Like, I don't think they were, like... That lady had a lot of shit in that safety deposit box. Well, yeah, box. there was a lot of shit, but it wasn't that worth anything there to her. There were bonds. There were jewels. Yeah, but bearer bonds are in the hands of the bearer. Like, you can you can use them... They're, they're not signed. Marla no didn't name seem all that interested in these bonds. She seemed to be very interested in this little... Honestly, if she had paid more attention to what was going on there, there were a lot of weird clues about the fact that this lady was not the lady that she was talking about. There were multiple passports. Yeah. There was that weird Bible or book that ended up having diamonds in them, sure. But there were also, like, weird Deutsche Bank bearer bonds. Um, just strange things in there. And, like, a $100 watch. That's a sketchy situation. Why does this lady have $5 million worth of diamonds and a $100 watch? I don't know, actually. I think Greg would have picked up on this because I don't think I would have either. But, but yeah, so anyway, that guy who runs off in the cab, we end up seeing him uh, go to a parking lot, and then we get introduced to the main... I don't know if I'd call him the villain of the film. I don't know what he, what's, what's his name. Do you know what his actual name is? Is he a villain? Because well, I, I'm not sure, but what's yeah. the actor's name? 
Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. That's okay. That's right. I couldn't remember his name. But we see him in a cough in like a bakery picking up uh, like macarons. Yeah, but we don't know who he is. Nah, we just see a short man in a suit. Yeah. So then he rolls up and he's like, "Yo, like, where's where's my mom? Like, oh, so the, this his mother? Okay." We thought she had no children. That was the whole point of her being a cherry. Because Fran looked into her. Yeah. She was clear. She had no no next of kin, no family, no nothing. Um, and the guy's like, she, they said she moved, you know. Uh, but then we see things get kind of heated because Peter Dinklage is a gangster, actually. And he's like, that's not a fucking answer. I'm pretty, did he, like, pull out a gun on him? Like, he was, like, going to murder ate, him? He took a bite out of an eclair. And then with his dirty hands had another guy hand him a gun and basically just pointed it straight at that guy's head and was like, why didn't you find out where my mother went? Yeah. Because also, why didn't you find out where his mother went? (laughs) I think he was really frazzled. I would have been too. That guy definitely had some sort of developmental issue. Well, that's why I would have also. Throughout like the entire (laughs) film, there's definitely something off about him. Um, So yeah, so now we know Marla's like, Trouble's heading her way, like, obviously. <laughs> kind of in deep shit. Um, but it's weird, though, because there's a moment in the film where you're like, well, really, it could just end here. Because Peter Dinklage, he hires this lawyer um, to, to go in and talk to, to Marla. Well, anyway, he knows what happens to her. Like, she's this guardian, etc., whatever. Yeah, so anyway, they hire this lawyer. Um, to go in and talk to Marla, like they know what happened. Um, and so she can basically just get out of jail free card, like just give back, you know, the mother. He offers her $150,000. Yeah, but they even barter up to like 300 or some thousand dollars, something ridiculous. Yeah. And, um, she's just like, no, she, she like yeah. literally was like, no. And you're like immediately like, why the fuck are you saying no? Like you're already getting, well, because 20... she doesn't accept threats from men. Well, that's part of it. But also there's these diamonds that are worth way, way more. It's just that she's going to be in a shit ton of trouble. Like, I just don't know if it's worth it. Um, but yeah, so she, she tells the lawyer basically to fuck off. And uh, You know what the problem is with that? We don't know how much Marla makes. We assume Marla makes a lot of money. And I have to guess that it is over like $150,000 a year. Oh, for sure. Or at least close to it. But if your yearly salary is close to $150,000 a year, if somebody offers you a year's worth of money and then doubles that, you take it. But it was really the threat thing, too, right? She just doesn't take threats from men. It has to have partially been the threat and partially been the possibility of fencing the diamonds and making three or four million dollars. She's a shark. She's a shark. But when somebody comes into my office, offers me $300,000 and says, I can either take that or I'm going to die. If the, fa- the fact that that guy has $300,000 in a briefcase is immediately telling me that they are fully capable of murdering me. Yeah. Like it's not a, a, an option of like whether or not they'll be able to. They're clearly capable of doing that. That's true. So it gets a little risky. Like then you're. I like, would have definitely just gave that guy the diamonds and been like, "Thank you for the offer. Like very kind of you." Yeah, and then there's all like, 
a whole another room open, she can just start again, find another old person to, you know, gouge. Um, and what's so interesting is the first thing she does is she goes back to the nursing home and like kind of demands to know what's going on and like who that lawyer is and whatever. And Jennifer's playing hard, boy. She's being a little bit of she's a bitch. She's not telling her anything. She's like, I'm not telling you anything. You fucked up. She's laughing because she's fucked up on her drugs. She's like, yeah, because <laughs> she she's definitely out of it. Like she's high yeah, as fuck on high. whatever the hell they gave her. Because like, she kept up. she kept acting crazy and trying to break out of the nursing home, so she's been sedated multiple times. And the the lady <laughs> when Marla went in basically said like you won't be able to get anything out of her. She can't really talk right now. And so you she Marla's dealing with like this seventy five year old fucked up old bitch who's like fuck you. I'm not telling you you fucked up. Yeah. What day is it? Whoop. Should have yeah. seen my son yesterday, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so then uh, Marla retaliates by going to the doctor is like, I want you to change her meds to this, this, and this. Dude, I, she said some I want crazy her to be shit. He said, give, give her downers in the morning, give her uppers at night, take away her arthritis medication, take away her pain management medication. Like, like she doesn't craziness. get to leave her room. Don't let her like, out of her room except for 30 minutes a day. Yeah. Like, All kinds of shit. <laughs> no recreational room, nothing. You would have thought this was fucking Shawshank. Like, the way she was talking um so yeah so yeah yeah and i have to now i have to think about what happened next because i don't really oh so you were just running on adrenaline no i had it in my head and then i then i got lost in the sauce they find out where jennifer is being held and while that's happening we also see a scene no, that happens later. Either way, they find out where Jennifer's being held. So the one oh. cab driver dude and two enforcers roll up on the nursing home. We missed something. What do we miss? Fran discovers that Jennifer Peterson, right after this, was an identity stolen from a girl who died of polio. That's she, not she even found her that name. out after the lawyer came to the office. Yes. But so then before, yeah. they, they start thinking, like, who the fuck is Jennifer Peterson? And that's what prompted Marla to go yeah. to the nursing home and both ask who she is, tell her that she knew that she wasn't who she was, and mm -hmm. wanted to know who was coming after them. Um, and then uh, Roman, which was Peter Dinklage's name, uh, he, he finds out that the safe deposit box has been rifled through. And which then, was interesting the way he accessed it. Because he th there's only one key... Well, he has access to the safety deposit box in an indirect manner because obviously those are his diamonds. So he goes to the bank, opens his own box, and there's a key to his mother's box there, which he uses to open it up and find that there are no diamonds. I thought that that was interesting. That was kind of cool. It was like more gangstery. So Roman's thugs pull up on the nursing home. They talk to the, the people in the lobby and say that they called ahead and they're, they're getting a tour by the manager of the nursing home because they're trying to put their father there and they want to make sure that the, the environment is right. So they look around, they get the tour. At the end of the tour, the guy's like, have any questions? And he's like, no, I don't have any questions. I just want to see one of my dad's friends, Jennifer Peterson. Is she available? So the manager is like no you definitely can't see her she's only allowed to be seen if her guardian gives permission and he's like what kind of place is this a jail 
And the guy's like, well, we, we definitely can't help you out. Like, you can't see her at all. Gets tased. Just fucking, they tase him in the neck. Dude drops. They start running around trying to find Jennifer's room. Um, the body of the manager is found. They set off the alarm. The security guard goes running in. They find Jennifer Peterson. They grab her. As they're grabbing her, the security guard, who is armed, which I did not see coming, starts having a firefight in the middle of this hallway of a nursing home with three Russian gangsters. He gets shot. He shoots two of them. The cab uh, driver dude grabs Jennifer Peterson, grabs the gun. Oh, Alexi. His name is Alexi. Thank you. Yeah. Alexi tries to walk out of the nursing home. There's like a group of people who aren't letting them out. He just points the gun at them and is like, are you really going to sacrifice your life for this old bitch? They say no. They open up the door. He starts walking out. The police are obviously already on their way. But Marla was also on her way because she was notified immediately. Somehow. I don't even know who the fuck called her. She pulls up. Peter Dinklage is in like the parking lot. So he sees her pull up. He notices that all of this is happening. He can't do anything because he's not trying to expose himself. Alexi walks out with Jennifer. Marla smacks the shit out of him with like a bat. Yeah. I was going to say Marla actually got violent. Like she showed up and took names. Like, (laughs) um, Fran threw him to the ground after and started throwing handcuffs on him. Jennifer's running. Just try as as fast as that old bitch can run towards the car because she knows that Roman is there. And one of the nurses just rolls up on her and is like, that's it. That's as far as you go. Vacation's over. Because he thinks he's just some stupid, (laughs) crazy old lady lady who's getting kidnapped. Not that like she's going to her rescue. So they bring her back in. The cops come. Everything's handled. Roman just sees all this shit happen from, from like 20 feet away. His mom got within 10 feet of the car. So he's seething with rage, but also sad because he sees his mom basically get dragged away. Um, but yes. So Alexi actually gets, uh, arrested. Uh, and then they, Fran's police contact informs them that Alexi. girlfriend. Yeah, she was also the ex-girlfriend, supposedly. I don't know, it's implied anyway. Um, that she, he was the uh, sibling of two other mafia bosses. Um, hmm? His siblings were mafia bosses. Mm-mm. Lexi's, yeah. No, his one brother worked with the mafia too, and then their boss died in the fire. It says Alexi is the sibling of two other mafia bosses who supposedly died in a fire. They were all brothers? Well, the ones who were not, you know, stupid. Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. That's what it says. I mean. Um, But anyway, having failed to rescue their mother, Roman actually has the doctor who uh, told the judge that his mom was, um, like, had dementia or whatever killed. Yeah. So shit got real. Like he was like, okay, like she was definitely closing the office for the night, and, and some dude just fucking blew her brains murked. out. Yeah, she definitely was killed. Um, so again, the film took a different turn at that point for me personally because I was like, we're not playing games anymore. Like, 
some some one of Marlo's people is dead. Like yeah. <laughs> so Fran and Marla both start panicking, freaking out, pack their shit, and find a list. They get a list of abandoned, not abandoned properties, but properties that they technically own through the guardianship but haven't been sold yet. And they go to one of those properties as a safe house. Oh my god, look at the... Okay, this sentence is scathing. It says, after hearing the news, Marla and Fran move into one of the unsold properties of one of Marla's previous victims. Victims. Damn, I would have not... I didn't think of them as victims. I didn't think of them as victims. She's a villain. She's an anti-hero. She's a villain. <laughs> she's not, who she's is an anti-hero. Who's persecuted by a greater villain. No, I think she's an anti-hero because I think I was rooting for Marla. Also, one of my favorite semi-subtle aspects of this movie is that she vapes out of like a giant silver. Yo, vape. I was gonna ask you. It's the weirdest thing because like it's enormous. It's huge. And she, it's it's almost Cruella like, Devilian. Just based on its size and and her attitude, and she does it both subconsciously and also to put emphasis on certain like things. for dramatic yeah. effect. Yes, in the way that cigarettes typically are used in film to look sexy, to be dramatic, and to put emphasis on certain things. She uses this vape, which I thought was interesting because it's really the first time I've seen it used well to the point where you're not like. They're just doing that to make that person vape. Like, she looked like she just vapes. It was just so weird, though, because, well, Greg and I have a little bit of history, I guess, with vaping. I've just never seen anyone vape like that in real life. And it was a big one, kind of. It was huge. Yeah. It wasn't, like, one of those little pocket vapes. It was really big. silver dildo. Present throughout the entire movie. Yes. So I was wondering if he he would have noticed that, because we didn't watch it together. Um, okay, at the facility. This is, this is Jennifer attacks Marla and is moved to a psychiatric yes. ward. So even though all of this is happening, the doctor's been murdered, they're packing up to go to the safe house, Marla actually visits Jennifer one last time and goads her into attacking her. Not that she necessarily knew exactly how Jennifer would attack her, but she said some crazy shit to Jennifer. Jennifer gets up pretending to walk away and starts choking the shit out of Marla. But because they're in the nursing home, they obviously responded to that quickly and sedated her. But she goes to court in the middle of all of this to that same fucking judge and shows him a video of Jennifer strangling her. <laughs> and it, it, the judge is horrified because he doesn't know any of the story of this. So he's just like, damn. Like, her health has really declined that much so quickly. And Marla's just fake-ass crocodile tears trying to claim that she was she was killing her. That it's so sad that her health has deteriorated so quickly. And that she needs to be moved to a secure psychiatric facility as soon as possible. Which she's really just doing so that Jennifer can either never escape or be rescued. Yes, which I think is particularly petty at this point. But nonetheless, badass. Well, because they're literally being hunted. Well, yes. Because the doctor was just murdered and she's still taking the time to visit Jennifer in the nursing home so that she can get that video of her choking her. And also going to an emergency session in family court. (laughs) Uh, but the next thing that happens is a little bit crazy, too. So Marla ends up being kidnapped. 
while Fran was attacked. Um, so clearly Roman is the one who attacked her. And then when he, you know, releases her from the car or whatever, and she's, you know, on the floor, or whatever, um, she asked for $10 million. What are you talking about? The interrogation? Why'd you say released from the car? Well, because, I mean, he kidnapped her and then he, yeah, like, he let her out. he tied her up on a, in a chair in the middle of a park, like a... It was a parking lot, but yeah. It was, a con- like, a construction field. Well, what I'm saying is he, you this know... This is an interrogation. He didn't release her. Okay, whatever. Interrogation. Um, and she, she has she, audacity yeah, has for $10 million for Jennifer's release. She has some really big balls. Big balls, balls Because huge. he's just staring her down. And he's like, not that I'm even going to let this happen, but what would it take for you to just let this be? And she just flat out said $10 million. $10 million. Just a shit ton of money. Um... He was and like, are you not even afraid of, like, what's going to happen? And she said, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, he, she re- he refuses, because that's crazy. Um, they Although, knock- Fran was fucking brutalized. Yeah, Marla, but- like, almost nothing happens to her. But we, Mar- Fran was definitely had this shit beaten out of her. Yeah, no, that's true. But she was left behind. To, yeah, but that's fucked up. I'm not saying that. Why are they gonna beat up Fran like that? Fran was in on this. Yeah, but they really fucked her up. Uh, yeah. So basically, what they although do... the scene where they kidnapped Marla was hilarious. Yeah, she got fucking trank darted in like the thigh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they knock her out with chloroform, and they set her up in Which, a car. Which, for the record, not that quick. Okay, I don't know how that works. Greg may have used chloroform on someone, I'm not sure, but I don't know how that works. Um, <laughs> Definitely didn't happen. I just know the function of chloroform. Yeah, because that's a thing people know. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> it was an anesthetic before typical modern anesthesia existed. Why are you telling me more facts? <laughs> it doesn't make it less suspicious. Whatever. Um. Anyway, they set her up in a car... That ends up driving into a lake. So she, well, yeah, so she's driving. Um, well, they set her up. They, they set her up to be driving. They vodka into her body yeah. through a, a stomach tube. To make it seem like she'd been drinking. Lifted her car on a jack and then put her deadened foot, like, onto the the gas pedal. Well, she ends up driving through a forest, kind of, before hitting <sighs> Dude, a lake. Like, through a barrier, through a forest, and over a cliff into and the And she, like, kind of woke up in the midst of all of this. Um... And then, yeah, she gets up unconscious or whatever. Uh, as, yeah, hits the lake and she tries to get out. And we're like, is she going to fucking make it? And somehow this bitch survives. She breaks out the back window and she surfaces. And Our- when she climbs onto the the beach at the lake, first of all, her scream of rage, amazing. <laughs> but second, the thing that she seemed the most annoyed about was that her tooth came out when they fucking, oh yeah she even when they took knocked it. her out and like he like they punched her to fucking knock her out <laughs> i guess they knocked one of her teeth loose she pulled it out by hand and you know what's really the, the thing i really loved about it is that she went to a gas station soaking wet soaking wet she bought a bottle of milk and put her tooth in it well yeah because it preserves exactly tooth. because that's how much she cared about her fucking tooth yeah yeah, because in most movies, they'll be like, oh, shit, a tooth. They'll just fucking throw it away. Yeah, like, she's like, I gotta go get some milk for this. 
Um, she's hilarious. And then anyway, she escapes, returns home to find Fran unconscious and badly bruised. With gas As the gas filling. Yeah, gas running. Um, so they narrowly escape the explosion. Uh, and they flee to another unsold property. A victim's property. <laughs> of another, property. I guess, another victim's property. Um, oh, yeah, and Marla shows Fran diamonds that she has hidden there. I forgot about that. Which also, speaking of the way Fran was brutalized, movies act too light about this. But if you find, if somebody is beaten so badly that you find their head surrounded by a pool of blood whether that person regains consciousness or not they're fucked for life oh, like really? Fran would have basically been a vegetable Ooh, I didn't think that movies take injuries to the head way too lightly Fran was eating french toast the next fucking morning <laughs> with like a bandage on her forehead Okay. First of all, you get punched in the fucking mouth. You're not eating shit for like the next two days. Damn. Because it's going to hurt. I guess humans are more And if you get your head smashed around so much that it's bleeding profusely to the point where you're surrounded by a pool of blood, you either have such a severe concussion that you would be in the hospital for weeks or at least like several days. You might have language issues. You might have memory <laughs> issues. Fran's eating French toast and berries the next morning. I'm almost wondering if I have gotten a concussion and I don't remember. <laughs> Probably. People take injuries to the head way too fucking lightly. I have language issues. No. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Marla was hiding the diamonds in the coffee, in like the ground coffee in that house. I don't know how. Okay, so this is the crazy part though too. Because they have all these diamonds worth all this fucking money. They can go anywhere. So Marla, she offers Fran a choice. She said they can either use the diamonds to leave right away and start a new life elsewhere, always looking over their shoulder. I hate when they say they're like, you're always going to be looking over your shoulder. You could flee to anywhere in the fucking world. They're not going to find you. Yeah, I mean, like, Roman is well-connected. Not that well-connected. But if you disappear to a bungalow in Costa Rica, that guy's never fucking finding you. Yeah! Never finding you. Or they can get revenge, which, of course... And keep the diamonds. Yeah, well, supposedly the revenge works. Yeah. And of course they choose revenge. Um, because why not? Yeah, exactly. It's the Another... same reason why she didn't choose the money. Yeah. Her big swinging balls. <laughs> um, so anyway, they track down Roman through his license plate number and they kidnap him, drug him, steal his car. Hey, hey, hey. That was a fascinating sequence. Well, did they kidnap him? The way she kidnapped him was beast, bro. I'm not saying it's not, but she it's... fucking she she infiltrated the building that his office is in. Well, because she by pretending to be like a dumb broad, like she was there for for a meeting, sneaking away to the bathroom, going into the garage, finding her way to where his car is, pretending like she's lost to his security guard, tasing that motherfucker, <laughs> dropping his body right in front of the car. The Roman's other security guard walks him over to the car, gets him in. Roman's like, where the fuck is the driver? Marla just opens the door, shanks him with a fucking needle, injects him with some kind of sedative, God knows where the fuck she got it, and then fucking tases the other one. And grabs his gun and drives away with Peter Dinklage just fucking asleep in the backseat. 
That's, yes. That part's really cool, but I think what happens next is even crazier, to be honest. Well, yeah, but that that deserves some... No, I'm not saying it wasn't badass. Some props. The fact that Marla did all that is crazy. She's a crazy bitch. I guess she keeps fit with that Soul Cycle class that you see her in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I saw... I was like... There's, like, random images of that throughout the whole movie. Yeah, she's Her riding a bicycle... In Marla, this class. she's got the vigor of a CrossFitter, though. Don't get me. I was like, why is she in fucking Soul Cycle? This girl should be doing CrossFit. She's crazy. Uh, but okay. So anyway, yeah, they drug him, steal his car, take him into the wilderness, and leave him nude on a trail, and burn his car. This is the weird part because I'm sitting here wondering, why didn't you kill him? Why are you leaving him here nude? Like, right? Were you not thinking? And that they as well? injected him with heroin. Yeah, and you're like, why though? Or some kind of Some drug, some something. And I'm like, okay, I thought you were going to fucking murder him. Like, I don't understand. And I think that's where the real genius comes in here. Well, yeah, because they left him just naked in the woods. They drove his car to, like, some weird lot, set it on fire. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, like, like, why not Did you kill him him through the drugs and just leave him for his body to be found there? Yeah, but that doesn't make sense either. What's going on? But that's where the real genius comes in. That's where the real artistry comes in. So So basically, he's discovered by a jogger. He doesn't know what's going on. Also, that guy, not freaked out enough for finding a very small man naked in the woods. Yeah, he basically found a midget in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, calmly called 911. Uh, so, but you're still like, what the fuck? So, unable to establish his identity, the judge designates him a John Doe. And, of course, he needs a legal guardian. And that is where Marla shows up <laughs> to take him on as a, one of her clients, I guess, or victims, if according to whoever wrote this Wikipedia page. Um, yeah, and she she visits him in the hospital and offers to release him and Jen, Jennifer, uh, you know, his mother, for $10 million. So she comes back at it, like, for $10 million. She's like... I yeah. have you by the balls. I have your fucking mom. Like, there's nothing you can do, and I want my and this money. This is particularly savage. This because, because she's it's been the doing this she... to to so many people. This is the way that she manipulates yeah. her world. And this guy thinks that he's so fucking powerful. He has all these people working underneath him. He has so much money. He makes money trafficking women and drugs. Yeah, he's a bad dude. And he wakes up from his alleged overdose with marla sitting in the room (laughs) and he's intubated like he can't talk he's fucked up and he wakes up to her just looking at him with a smirk on his on her face it's pretty amazing to see it's really to come to fruition it's really it's very satisfying yeah and the thing is marla the reason she really the reason she fixates on this $10 million is she's she keeps saying that I could be more if I had more. The whole idea, like, the people who have a lot of money can make a lot of money. And you need to be a part of that, like, tax bracket, whatever. Um, so the weird thing is that I kind of think that she should have stopped here and taken the money. But, of course, she's given another choice. Where I mean, he's he like, came I, at her with an interesting Well, he said, I'll give you the $10 million or... They can partner up and do basically her scam, but on a global scale. Well, national. No, global. It says global. They went global? 
global business based on her scam. Well, it's because they were going to do vertical and horizontal integration. They were going to have... They were going to create a conglomerate, basically, of pharmaceutical companies, nursing home companies, and local operations of the caregiver grift that Marla was doing so that they would have caregivers on a local level assimilating these victims if you're going to go with the Wikipedia guy. I don't know if I call them victims, but... And then you would have the caregivers putting those victims into nursing homes that are owned and run by their company and the nursing homes would source their all of their medical equipment from the pharmaceutical and medical equipment companies that they also own. Isn't it called a monopoly? But in a different way. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because so, they're not technically the only group no, yeah, I understand. in existence, so it's not a monopoly in that way. But they've monopolized Alized. the caregiving market because nobody's doing, nobody's doing that. So, um, so basically the point here is that she will be making way more than $10 million. Oh, billions. He said, yeah. we're, let's, let's, let's make, make billions. billions and off of your genius, basically like you're, yeah. yeah, your genius, my money and let the trust come once we've made each other money. Like he knows that they, they can't trust each yeah. other because she fucking kidnapped his mother <laughs> and he's been trying to kill her this whole movie. Yeah. Um, but Marla flew a little cl- too close to the sun, uh, is the moral but of this story. Almost not even because of what they did business-wise. No, that's it, not true. Because it all goes back. It all goes back to the way she, with her scams. Yes, but it goes back to her attitude. Not necessarily the scam. Because, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Marla gets famous, right? She She's the CEO of, I don't even remember, the company's named after her last name. You know what her last name is? No. Grayson. Oh, Grayson. Grayson Enterprises is this huge multinational conglomerate that controls all of the things that we've discussed. She's on, like, radio shows. She's on TV shows. And particularly, she's doing this interview with some guy on, like, some financial channel. It's honestly a little bit emotional, Cause you're, you know, yeah, it's so fucked she, up, but you're like, wow, she really made it. She really has made it. Yeah. She, she's <laughs> gotten the money that they were looking for. She's gotten the clout that they were looking for. She's only, I think she mentions that she's like 39 years old. So she's relatively young and very powerful and rich now. She's very powerful and rich and just for driving a fantastic car. Yeah. She's still with Fran. So that's a successful relationship. Even they didn't after get married. the change. No, they yeah. didn't get married. Exactly. Yeah. And she walks out of this interview and the same asshole from the beginning starts calling to her and she doesn't look around. She's like, oh, la-di-da, just got out of my interview buzz. This motherfucker shoots her right in the heart, like directly in the heart. Not even a chance of Marla surviving. And she dies bleeding out in Fran's arms. And And that's the end of the fucking movie. Yeah. Because he's arrested, but what he what he says is that his mom died alone in assisted living because no one would let him see her. That's what he said to her. And so she died her. because she's an asshole, really. 
But the scam is an asshole thing. That's the whole point. But it doesn't have to be. She was particularly an asshole to that one guy. No, he was he was a misogynist. He didn't sure. Like... But she came at that in in both a correct way and an incorrect way. Because really I think she should have had a bodyguard anyway at this point. She should have just fucked him up when he spit in her face. I'll, what, what t- she, I'll tell you what that. What did she do? Hit him? She said she was going to gra- rip his dick and balls off if he ever spit on her again. Well, he, he shot already, her instead. He already spit on you, bro. Grab his balls right there. Make it make make it more than a threat. I you know think, what I mean? I think the fatal flaw was that she she was so famous at this point and had so much money, she should have had a bodyguard. There's no reason that that also, guy could have been around her. if they were recording... A show in a studio. Yeah, there would have been a, a there, bodyguard anyway. Not only a bodyguard, but there would be security around the campus. That's what I'm saying. I think that part's bullshit. Um, but I think there was. It's supposed to be a moral of the story. I think she flew a little too too high. She flew a little too high, and that the patriarchy well, will always win. Even, she, the page. Well. Yeah. No, I agree with that because <laughs> that is true. It's true. Because he was a misogynist. He yeah. said some crazy shit. I think he, he said did. he would rape her or something. Yeah. Yeah, like, what the... You can't just... No. I mean, no. Um, so that's the... That's she could have even just not been the public-facing portion of the company. It could have been... Well, it couldn't have been Roman. No, it could have still been her company, but she didn't have to be doing interviews and shit like that. Yeah, but like let not her bask in that. Not every CEO does interviews. Yeah, but she, on, but on she channels. was charismatic. Rosamund Pike, honestly, this was another version of just Gone Girl to me. I know oh, Reg and seen, her outfits. She was throughout on, the whole movie. She's fantastic. This, I'm almost thinking she's like this in real life because she plays this character of a woman who's like doesn't hate men, but she's like a feminist who just doesn't give a fuck. She's hot. She's like fit. The way she she's talks psycho. to people. Yeah, like. <laughs> She's hot. Like, honestly, I fuck her. She's so hot. I love... Sorry. <laughs> I didn't even think I thought that until I just said it. <laughs> really? Yeah, but the I think she dumped me. and you didn't think about that until now? No, but she would dumb me. I think... You thought about having sex with her? Not necessarily. I just thought of her as a, an incredibly sexual creature, but, like, in a scary way, almost. She's, she's scary. She's scary, yeah. She scares the shit out of me. Like a siren. Yeah. I loved the length of her hair. It's it's so good short. It's so good but short. But it doesn't work with a lot of people. I know. That length, particularly, really doesn't work with a lot of people. And it fucking rocked. It, like, wrists, like, it, like, over her shoulders. Yeah, the way it moved. The... <laughs> her slender neck. Yeah. She's a bad bitch. The vaping, for whatever reason. Yeah, the vaping works. Because normally you'd think it would be obnoxious to carry around such a big fucking vape. Or you just look like a tool. But, but you like, it, lo- it almost looked it. powerful that she was vaping. Like when the guy was fucking again. threatening her life, the lawyer in her office, she was just vaping in his face. She kept blowing clouds out. My real question is, what flavors does she like? Yeah. Does she do the savory? I don't even like her tank. Like, if we're going to talk about vape technology, like, she didn't even have a good vape. She just had a really big, obnoxious vape going on <laughs> I have the noise cancellation on so I can't even hear it
Anyway, Rosamund Pike. Uh, if you ever hear this, you girls. Fran down. was attractive too, but in, in, in a weirder way. No, Fran's attractive, but like in a more classical way. Like I'm just saying, if I had to choose one. You know who Fran reminds me of? You ever see Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yes. The Hispanic one. Is it not her? Is it her? It might be. <laughs> look at her. I, <laughs> I don't know, but she does look like that woman. No, it's not her. You're sure? Yeah, I'm entirely sure it's it's not her. Because I actually find the one from Brooklyn Nine-Nine more attractive. I'm just saying, just check. Well, unless I'm entirely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. We have to check this. Oh, I'm offline. Of course I am, because Nicola doesn't... Didn't pay your internet. internet. Sorry. Sorry. Why is it just not showing me? Cast. Okay, wait. Fran, Eliza, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wait. You're right. Yeah, it's not her. She was in... Similar vibe, but... Oh, yeah. Fast and Furious spinoff, Hobson Shaw. I don't know. the mom oh well, maybe rosa's only hot in the fucking show because she i don't know no Ro- she's hot roseman pike definitely is hot no not roseman pike rosa from brooklyn 99 oh okay but anyway y'all like that's really the movie this is actually one of the netflix movies where there's hype right now and it's kind of worth it and honestly it has it still does have that this is a Netflix movie yes, vibe. Yes, because it really ought to not be funny. Because when when it's not funny, like go, when it's Gone Girl, because that's basically, Gone Girl is so similar to me in, in terms of that character, that when it's not funny and when it's made by an actual filmmaker and it's like made by like actual people, you're like, yo, this is scathing. Like, this was funny and this was good, but like that movie, you're like, whoa, like... Whoa. Well, because it being funny raises the entertainment value for, like, the average Joe. butthole who watches the movie. Damn, we're calling. <laughs> but I see what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's why. But this has also been the best movie that we've seen so far for this podcast, entertainment-wise. Yes, because we've only seen four. We have to film another episode. Didn't even have to mention that because I'm just going to post them consecutively. Yeah, but we're just talking... It's a casual thing, I thought. Like, we're, you know, I we're, guess, figu- we're it, figuring finding a groove. We're, we're going to figure it the fuck out, guys. You know, you're <laughs> our friends us, right now. Give us a minute. <laughs> there are several episodes. Um, Yeah. But that's it. Okay, so what would you rate it? Oh, oh, okay, on 10. That's right. Um, I would give this movie a solid. With decimals, if you want. Which I guess is basically a rating out of 100, but go ahead. Okay, but what I'm trying to think is what is a 10? Like, what film of mine would be a 10, like, in real life? Like, am I comparing it to? Like, one of my favorite films well, is a 10? Well, because, yeah, because the problem is a 10 in a, in a, between genres is completely different things. That's technically true. Um, I guess for the genre? Just for is, the vibe. For the vibe. What do you rate it? I guess an 8.5. Yeah, I would say an 8.5. It was very enjoyable. Um, it actually had good actors. Like it was, it was a good time. I'm not saying it's perfect, probably just because Netflix made it, but it could have been. 
Well, Netflix didn't make it. They're just distributing. Well, yes, but I meant like it still felt like it's a Netflix, Netflix original. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't a Netflix original, it probably would be higher. If I saw it in the theaters, I'd probably give it a nine. Okay. Yeah, I feel that. Because of the fact that I saw it at home and it does have that sort of vibe to it. I just hope the buttholes understand what we mean by this vibe thing. <laughs> I'm gonna, well, I guess that's what our rating should be anyway. It's more of a vibe check than like an actual rating until we get into, well, I don't even know. Either way, 8.6. Okay, so we're and pretty much together. definitely worth watching. Oh, de- yeah. If you're going to watch something on Netflix, definitely watch this. Um, you'll enjoy it. Just worth it. Yeah, it's definitely a good time. Like, like I didn't regret it at all. Heavily entertaining. No regrets. Roseman Pike. Made me just want to watch Gone Girl again. I should probably see it for the first time ever. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.